We're back with another episode of Small Town Camera. For episode six, we're going to be talking to Nicole Maxfield from Salt Lake City, Utah. She's going to be talking about her process for wedding photos and how to find your creative voice as a photographer. Thanks for listening. Hey, Nicole. How's it going? Hey, good. How are you doing? Good. It's good to see you again. It's good to see you. So I want to know a little bit about how you got started in photography. I mean, you and I grew up together, essentially. Yes. But uh, I, I don't think I've ever heard the story of how you got started or when you actually picked up a camera. You were way more into camera and photography world than than I knew I mean, you were already way down the road before I even knew you took pictures. Yeah. So how did that start? Well, it's it's honestly always been a passion of mine when I was about five years old. I asked my dad for a camera <laughs> and um, kept asking him about it. Well, one day he went into the garage for a long period of time and he came back in and he surprised me with a camera that he made out of cardboard oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that I could use and pretend to shoot and that was like one of the coolest little toys that I had for a little bit um and then I started going to Albertsons with my dollars yeah when I was little and I'd go buy those little you know Kodak film disposable cameras that you can just put in your little bag and yes. drop it off at Albertsons and then it comes back in two weeks with your film um and then I think it was about, I think it was in ninth grade when I got my first digital camera. I think that's when digital started coming out. Mm -hmm. And I just had so much fun with that. And so you even started when you were like 15. Yeah, super, super young. But um, professionally, I, I was chatting with my brother and I was a little bit discouraged about my major in college, yeah. which was at the time secondary education. And my brother was like, listen, you really love photography and you're good at it. Was you this Eric? This was Nate. Oh, Nate. Okay. Yeah. And he said, you should just you should just do that and run with it. And so I switched my major to photography and I graduated in photography and it's been the best decision for my education that I could have made. So. Yeah. Uh, the second episode, my friend Stephanie, she also has a bachelor's degree in photography or mass communications with her emphasis in photography. Okay. And it's, I think that uh, nowadays you could get a job anywhere with that kind of a degree. I was talking yeah. with Mark yesterday and he's, uh, he he's said he's had no problem finding work, you know, working oh, in sure. sales or working in any kind of social media. I mean, People need that kind of content, so I think that's not a bad career choice at all as far as majors go. Oh, totally. You can find a job. I mean, if you if you look around in your world today, you see pictures on billboards, you mm -hmm. see pictures in magazines, you see pictures on social media with businesses who are doing like a fall clothing line. I mean, they need photographers for those those things. And yeah, so, yeah you, it's true. It's, it's, a good, it's a good line of work. So where are you based out of now? Um, so right now I'm living in Salt Lake City, Utah. All right. I've lived in Idaho Falls like my whole <laughs> life, but um, my husband's doing master's school there. So okay, gotcha. Mm -hmm. So we've heard a little bit about how it started. When did you start actually doing it professionally? Were you doing it professionally while you were studying in college, or or did you wait until after you graduated to actually launch your business? That's a good question. Well, at first I was very 
I was very uncomfortable starting a business while I was starting school. Yeah. Um, especially with weddings. I, I think it was about a year and a half into my schooling that I felt like I could book a family session. And it was actually somebody coming to me first and asking if they, if I could take oh, their yeah. photos. Yeah. So nervous. But um, I started doing family photos towards the end of my college career. And then I'd say probably like the summer before I graduated, I, uh, I finally started how, like doing weddings and because I had the right equipment at that time. And felt comfortable. You had the right skill set. Yeah. And yeah. I shadowed a bunch of photo- uh, photographers and learned from them. So I kind of got a little bit more confidence shadowing other photographers. And I, was, and I thought, okay, let's do this. And um, I just started from there. Awesome. I think that's the best way to go uh, as far as starting out and building a portfolio or shadowing people. I said yes. that in my first episode. is That's how I started. I started interning and did an internship for a full year unpaid before I ever made a dime yes. <laughs> taking a picture. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't mm-hmm. think there's anything wrong with that. You don't have to start recouping your investment right away if that's the road you want to go down. If, if money is all that you care about for photography, that's fine. But just know that there's some due diligence and some uh, you got to earn your stripes before you can really go out there and be like, I'm a professional photographer. You yes, know? Yeah. And it's good to challenge yourself and, and put yourself out there, even though it may be a little bit of like a little bit uncomfortable. But make sure that you feel at peace with what you're doing, because I think if you rush too quickly into doing something, yeah, I don't want it to like. I don't know. I don't know how to say this. Like, I don't, I don't want you to become discouraged and then, and then just think photography is not for you. I think it's a process and just go slow, go at your own pace, whatever you feel comfortable with, just go, go in that direction. Yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that later, uh, when we talk about kind of how to find your voice as a photographer. So what kind of, uh, photography do you specialize in? So I'm mostly a wedding photographer, um, I take a lot of portraits, so like family photography. Um, I do a few seniors. Um, But I'd say my main line is commercial photography, working for companies, and wedding photography is probably like the two biggest things that I that I do. So what kind of companies uh, like boutique shops or like people that have like a clothing yeah. line or like a LuLaRoe store or something like that? Or... Yeah, I work for um, um, different clothing shops like kids clothing oh, or okay. um, Freshly Picked, the Moccasin Company. Um, um, I currently have like one coming up for a company that works with helmets, like just random different yeah. companies. It's really fun to work with... Uh, with different companies and do commercial shoots. It's, it's something I really loved in school. Mm-hmm. And and so I'm glad I can keep continuing it after school. Do you find that they have a little bit larger of a budget? I mean, obviously they need product photography, so they're willing to, to go to probably greater lengths than just an individual. Do you feel like you make more money working as a commercial photographer than you do as a wedding photographer? Or I'm just curious because I've never done any commercial. I've only done wedding and portrait. That's all I've ever done. Yeah. Um, I think it depends. Um, I think it depends on the extent or of the project, how long it will take, um, how many different locations are involved. I mean, it really is it's so it varied yeah okay. gotcha yeah 
So, uh, so talk about your typical client. I, I, I didn't know that about you, that you did that commercial side as well. So yeah. maybe talk about uh, your typical client on the commercial side first, and then we'll talk about your typical client in the wedding and portrait world. Oh, man. It's been so fun working with uh, commercial on the commercial side with clients because it's these people who are just so creative and and gutsy and created their own companies and super ambitious energetic ambitious energetic so kind um it's really fun to work with them and then on the wedding side and um family side i mean i have created some lifelong friends from that i my clients and i say this all the time but i have the best clients i really do i am so blessed and they're all just so energetic and excited to do their photo shoots and I don't know it's it's been a huge blessing being able to be around the the kind of clientele that I got what would you say the the typical bride is for you like what kind of person are they normally I I can say for me mine are sometimes a little bit older Mm -hmm. uh the brides and I'm I'm a little bit more selective on the weddings that I take nowadays because I really don't take that many Mm -hmm. I take in between two and five a year, depending on what I have time for. Mm -hmm. And so I have people ask me if I'd like to do their wedding. And sometimes I have to kind of say polite pass, you know, I say, no, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not taking any more or I, that doesn't really fit my dream of of what I'm after. So I don't take any more LDS weddings. I don't, I only shoot non LDS weddings because I want the atmosphere to be different in the photos than LDS weddings normally provide. Mm-hmm. So the temple is fine. Like doing the temple wedding type thing. If if you're not familiar of the with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we get married in, in the temple for time and all eternity instead of just for time. And sometimes shooting in front of the temple it just gets monotonous because it's, there's always four or five other weddings going on in the same location, sometimes 10 or 20, depending on where you are. But... <laughs> It feels like when you're in Salt Lake City, there's like people waiting for your spot. You know, it's it's high pressure. So yeah. I was just kind of out of that. But uh, yeah, I like to take ones where people don't mind if there's a toast or, you know, like the, <laughs> yeah. the typical walking out of the church type stuff. Like I'm I guess I'm just more looking for that kind of a story when I take a wedding. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering for you, what is your typical client? Well, honestly, um, I get both. I get LDS weddings and I get non-LDS weddings. And I just thrive in the wedding atmosphere. And every single wedding I do is is different and beautiful in its own way. I just love working with huge crowds of people, mm-hmm. getting them organized and chatting with them, learning about them. Like I just thrive in that wedding arena. And I know it's really stressful for a lot of people and and I say, hey, like you go where you are most happy and, and where you want to develop as an artist. But that um, weddings is just one of those things that I just gravitate to and just enjoy. So my clients, um, yeah, I just I a lot of my clients I don't know and a lot of them I do know. And and it's um, yeah, I, I, I don't I don't really you don't have a particular type. Just, yeah, I don't really. Yeah, they just gravitate towards your style uh-huh. and find you. Do they find you usually on the internet? Do they find you through Instagram? How do they find you normally? Um, <laughs> The first year I was a photographer, a wedding photographer, I had a client call me. She lived in Drake's Idaho. 
And she was like, I researched Idaho Falls photographers and I just went page after page after page on Google. Wow. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I'm curious, what page am I on yeah. on the Google search? She's like, you were on like page 15. <laughs> I was like, You're like, dang it. Thank you for your persistence yeah. and yeah. finding me. <laughs> so I've been found that way. But um, a lot of it's social media. A lot of it's references. Um, or we're not references, sorry, referrals. Referrals, sure, that's references. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's- Those are the best kind of clients I find. People that have already had a friend or a cousin or somebody that we did a wedding for already. Yeah. And they come back and they're like, hey, you did my sister's wedding or you did my my best friend's wedding. I was in that wedding party. Yeah. I just loved how you did everything and I saw the photos afterwards and that's exactly what I want for yes. my wedding. Totally. And so. it takes the pressure off of you too because you already know that that client knows how you work. Yeah. It's a yep. good thing. Yeah. For sure. Um, how would you say you define your style as a photographer? Like what, what yeah. kind of, uh, like if you were to put labels on it, I know it's art and I realize it's, <laughs> it's hard to label art sometimes, but um, maybe give me your uh, labels or, or your style definition and I'll maybe throw mine out of what I see. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, so my style is film. So I shoot film like, so Fuji, Portra, um, and I also shoot film. And so when I shoot film and I shoot digital, I always match my digital to my film look. Mm. And so it's like a light airy, um, type of a fill. Uh, The greens are really beautiful. And I just, um, yeah, that's, that's more my style. And I think this is such a good question because I think as artists, a lot of times you'll see different styles come through social media or it'll pop up and um, you'll start to question your style. And my best advice for that is stay true to what makes you um, an artist. Like expand yourself and and play with different styles and see what you like more. But you're going to know what you like. And once you know what you like, stay true to that. And then clients will come and gravitate to your style. Um, I remember I was feeling this pressure to edit a certain way. And I realized that I wasn't thriving in that style. Mm. It wasn't it wasn't me. So finally, I just thought, you know what? Like, I want to stay... I want to stay with film like I want to stay in that kind of a look and and ever since then I've just been happy and it's been good that's awesome I I, I really don't uh I really don't have much experience shooting with film I have a couple film cameras and I've been meaning to get out there I have a couple rolls they're probably way expired but I, I have some old old rolls of film that I need to just throw in the camera and just go out and shoot yes. and really like really broaden my horizons I have a couple of friends that still shoot all their weddings on film. <laughs> they are brave souls. They're so brave, but they're so good. Yeah. That's the thing is like, they know that camera backwards and forwards. Yes. They are able to look just with their eyes and say, okay, I don't have the right film in this camera for this ISO. Like, mm-hmm. it's way too dark in here. I'm going to have to pull out some lights or something like that. And good for them. I'm not that brave or, or probably that talented, but... Um, Whatever. From what I see, as far as your your style is like, it's so candid which is so fun. Um, yes. You get people in the moment and your your images capture a lot of emotion. Yes. And I love that. I really do love that. I, I think that a lot of people probably gravitate towards that because they're like, I see this bride or I see this family or I see this couple 
and I want, I feel that same way about my significant other or my family, Mm -hmm. and I want to capture that one moment in time so we can frame it over the mantle, you know, type thing, and so good job, way to go, like, that's so hard to do, to find uh, a way to capture that energy and that emotion in those people, and so. Well, thank you. It's amazing uh, how, how well you do that. Well, I, when I was in college, we had a, a history of photography class, and in that class, it talked about this really famous photographer who loved photographing his wife, and he has this quote that, and I'm going to slaughter it, but it's on the lines of, I shoot because I will lose memories that occur in a millifraction of a second. Yeah. And, or how do you say that? I will... Fraction of a millisecond. Yeah, a fraction of a millisecond. Um, And it's moments that you can only capture and keep Mm -hmm. with photography. And so that is what drives me to capture real authentic moments with your partner and... How do you interact with each other? Like how I my favorite is how you guys look at each other and how you mm-hmm. smile and yeah, uh, that's huge to me and and I make a fool of myself <laughs> asking them crazy questions and making them do ridiculous things, but they my clients are awesome and they do it, but through these funny little exercises you get authenticity and you yeah. get them get them being who they are. Yeah, you kind of have to train them as you're shooting. Uh, to pull those emotions and pull those reactions out of them because it's very unnatural when you're in front of a large DSLR it's camera. Scary. It's really scary yeah. when you're like, okay, how am I gonna <laughs> how am I gonna get this client to behave in such a way that I can really capture that moment that's real and that's authentic? Yes. I one thing that I do for all of my couples when we're doing either a pre bridal or we're doing an engagement session where I'm looking for a really authentic kiss mm-hmm. is they tell them a story. And I just kind of get their imagination rolling a little bit. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, you're at a train station. It's in the 1930s. Let's just picture World War II. And like, I just tell them to close their eyes and just like, I walk them through this scenario where he's about to get on the train to go off to war. This is the last time you're going to see him before he goes off to war. How would you kiss him right yeah. before he gets on the train? And then that always, almost always, I would say 99% of the time, really pulls that authentic, like, love like and that energy and emotion out of those two people because they kind of like fall into the story into the scenario a little bit they've had their eyes closed this entire time and I ask them to open their eyes and kiss and then I just snap away and I'm kind of an afterthought they're worried about each other at that point and they're not really worried about me so that's what I try to do to try to pull like authentic emotions out of people because it does show in photos totally it totally shows whether it's like yeah, that was like a total picture kiss instead of like an actual real one. Yes. You know? It's it's so, I mean, it's a lot like acting. It is. But real yeah. acting, if you don't believe it and if you don't just relax into it, it won't look real. But if you just have fun with it and just, you know, release your stress, like it's going to show through your photos just like it would in a film if mm-hmm. you're watching a movie. Absolutely. So let's uh, switch gears a little bit and talk about gear for a minute. Awesome. I, I, I realize now <laughs> twice I've made that stupid pun. I don't really mean to do that, but <laughs> we're going to talk about gear. Uh, so what kind of camera are you using right now? 
So I shoot with a Nikon D750. Yeah. Um, it's a full frame. And then I have a backup camera. It's just the older version. It's a Nikon D600. Um, I have three lenses. Two are prime. The first one's a 50 millimeter 1.4. And then the other one's a 35 millimeter 1.4. It's really great for... Um, action moving it oh, yeah. captures movement so well and um and then the other one is a 70 to 200 millimeter lens 2.8 and um, is it a nikon as well a nikon okay. lens as well yeah all my lenses are nikon i've heard so many good things about the sigma art ones yes um, i just got a i you? have i have one so far i'm planning oh, nice. on buying a few more yeah, but I yeah i just great. got a 35 perfect i love it that's awesome it's been so fun that's cool. But yeah, so that's um that's as far as my camera and lenses go. Would you say that having a full frame camera is absolutely necessary in today's landscape as far as photography goes? Um I don't know how, so, how much you really geek out on gear like no, I do, but this is this is such a great question. And my answer to this question is your your camera gear can either work for you or against you. I definitely think you can be creative with with any camera you have yeah um yeah there have been professional cameras who shot on like a holga and if you don't know what a holga is it's just this crappy plastic box camera that i mean very trendy <laughs> you, you can get them at like urban outfitters urban out, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can make some crazy oh yeah you don't you know can. what you're gonna get but yeah. i mean that's sometimes the fun creativity side of it but yeah the lens is plastic yes it's everything's plastic in that camera but <laughs> I have seen some amazing like photos yes, out of those. For totally. Sure. Um, but you want your gear to work for you. You want it to create what you envision in your head. And so um, a lot of times people don't know that you need to calibrate your lenses. Calibrate your lenses. If you are getting photos that are out of focus, you need to calibrate your lenses. That's what's going on. Um, what's the process of calibrating? So calibrating is... Inside of your DSLR, you have a section where you can fine-tune your autofocus with your lenses to your camera body. And basically, you set up your camera on a tripod, and you have like a yardstick or whatever. You yeah. have a certain distance, and you'll have a, a piece of paper right in front of your camera. Um, and you'll want it to focus on the right focal point of your um, measurements. And so in your camera, you'll be like, okay, that's back focusing a little bit I need to move my little you know thing up two spots or whatever yeah um but if if you don't feel comfortable doing it yourself you can totally just go to your nurse camera store and they have services that can do that for you but um you want your gear to work for you I um I personally love really nice glass yeah lenses um the cheaper lenses won't give you that that look but again it's 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 small but you want it to work for you and say so i say you know a full frame camera is going to be an investment but it's going to be an investment that gets you where you want to go if you want to do this professionally even if it's something you want to grow into eventually it's not mm -hmm. something you uh, maybe need all the way right now but eventually you're going to want to go full speed and yeah. if you're in you know one of the the entry level uh like Canon bodies or because they have great starter kits. You know, the, the Rebel series is a great way for anyone to start. And I think you could get probably 75 to 80% of the way there. Oh, yeah, uh, totally. With, with any of those kits. But 
when when you want to get up to that to that fine art level where you're actually being able to charge money where clarity and uh you know capturing the right moment and focusing when you need to focus Mm -hmm. all of those things come into play when you have nicer gear yes and they play quite nicely when when they're all tuned up and working the other thing that i'd add to that as far as tuning your gear is making sure that your contact points on your camera are cleaned yeah so the little metal pieces that actually touch the lens to the camera body yep clean uh, your gear clean those up uh i i know a lot of people that are just like what are contact points yeah you know that have shot professionally for years and years and you take it all you have to do to clean them is just uh you can take a little alcohol swab and just clean them off like they just kind of get gunky on there Mm -hmm. and the the connection between the camera body and the lens kind of gets uh muffled a little bit and so they don't focus fast and they don't focus as true so do that as well that's another thing you can do yeah and that's the that's one of the beautiful things about um shadowing another photographer Mm -hmm. is you will learn things you had no idea about like i remember when i learned these things for the first time and i thought why did i never know this like ask questions ask any professional your questions and if and it will just help you grow faster yeah and i I relate everything back to cars for some reason i think there's just the perfect analogy but you wouldn't expect to drive a car and not put gas in it or or maintain it you know Mm -hmm. you have to it's the same thing it's a it's a machine just like anything else it needs it needs tender loving care and maintenance (laughs) every now and again yes but if i were to say that if you only have a certain budget at this time, I would say invest in a 50 millimeter 1.4 is Canon or excuse me, is Nikon's um, and then a 35 millimeter. And then from there you can add in different lenses um, at your pace. But I'd say for me, those two lenses have been really great and getting two different looks, but getting what I need to get done. I even find the, the $200 1.8 the the 50 millimeter from Nikon or Canon uh, are both great lenses to start with. They're if you awesome. can only have one lens, yeah, you could really. I, I mean, if you talk to a few friends of mine, they've shot entire weddings on just a 50, mm-hmm. which I think would be a stretch. That would be pretty hard to get like a group photo or a yeah. ring shot, or but it can be done. Like mm-hmm. it's really it's really a ver- very versatile focal length, and that's kind of. I've heard, I don't know if this is actually true, but I, I, I'd say that's probably the, the focal length that we see with our eyes. It's yes, pretty it close is. to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So as far as uh, lighting, do you do any yeah. off-camera flash? I didn't see any on your website, but I wasn't sure if you do. Yes, I totally do. Okay. I am. Uh, I learned off-camera flash in studios and, and in wedding situations in college. And so it's something that I think is really important. Um I use af- off-camera flashes a lot when I work with product, but I use an on-camera flash with a diffuser. Yeah. Um, and I use um, the Gary Fong, which I know not a lot of people like the Gary Fong, but it works for me. Mm-hmm. And I use a Rogue. I believe it's a, a yeah. Rogue. It's just like a, it's like a flat, almost like a flat diffusing box mm-hmm. on your on. Yeah, camera. I'm familiar. They're, yeah, uh, it's they're awesome. almost like a snoot type thing that go- yeah. goes on there and. And you can bend it. Makes it, it nice and big. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I love those. awesome. So mm-hmm. those are the two things I use a lot. And also I've been using um, 
for send-offs, I'll use a video light just to light it up just a little bit so that yeah, your camera I'm, can find that. I have an person. event coming up this weekend that I'm going to be doing video lights with that I've never cool. done before. I know. They're kind of great. Kind of fun, like and they're bright, and they last a long light. time. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's good lights, consistent. Uh, I don't have any Alien Bees anymore. I don't have any studio lights anymore, mm-hmm. but uh, the only things I am using right now are just speed lights. Yeah. So I just try to use a really powerful one-to-one speed light, and I'll use three or four of them sometimes but yeah you could pull some great stuff and they're so light they're so easy to carry because they just so use double A's easy to carry yeah <laughs> uh, that makes sense though if you're using uh if you're doing any commercial photography you kind of have to have studio light mm-hmm. uh at least knowledge mm-hmm. I'm sure you can always rent the stuff because you guys are lucky you oh, have like yeah. picture line and oh, you have yeah. all these rental houses down there in salt lake so yeah you can rent so easy oh, over there that yeah. would be nice it'd be so nice i I, you know, uh, my wife and I just got back from Austin, Texas, and they also have a huge like film and photo community down there, so and it's cool. kind of makes you jealous. Like, well, I mean, living in Idaho is great because it's easy to live here. It's inexpensive, and it's not there's it's not crowded. There's no traffic. There's no smog. But there are downsides. You know, <laughs> there aren't any rental houses. There aren't is there isn't as much of a community when it comes to the arts. You know, like photography or videography. So it's growing though, and I love seeing it, is growing. it growing. Yeah. And um, one of my friends got a really cool studio. I mean, it's like I every time I see someone open a new studio or they're doing something here, I'm just like, yes, that's that's such a good thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm glad foster. to see. Yeah, yeah, I'm always glad to see that. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about your photo editing workflow and like your software. Sure. So I edit on Photoshop, <clears throat> um, Camera Raw, and um, I know how to do, I know how to edit. Well, when I was doing school, we all of us had to edit on Lightroom at first. Uh-huh. And then our second year, we learned Photoshop and all the intricacies in that. I, um, I just kind of stuck with Photoshop and I just go through Bridge and yeah. bring my photos from Bridge onto Photoshop and I can do everything I need to do on Photoshop and then it's good. Um, I love Lightroom as well. I just am such in a flow with Photoshop that that's kind of where I stick. Um, I, again, I edit with a film, a film like Phil. And so I use Mastin Labs. Mm-hmm. Um, they created really cool um, actions for Fujifilm and Portra and Portra Pushed. It looks, I mean, it's so accurate. It looks authentic. Yeah, it yes. looks very real. It's very mm-hmm. accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have used Visco. People say VSCO. Yeah. Um, I use that as well. But for the most part, I, I like to just stick in kind of the film realm with, with editing um, I, I'm kind of a, a stickler with edit, editing. Like I, oh, like I, I don't want to give back photos to my client with a, the zit on their chin. Like yeah. who wants a wedding photo? No one. To remember yeah, themselves. Nobody wants that. Yeah. So, but yeah, so that's kind of my flow. Um, yeah. So as far as computer wise, what are you using right now? So I use a Mac. And um, it's a Mac desktop. So the iMac. <laughs> the iMac, yeah. yes. And I use <laughs> My husband makes fun of me because I carry it around like a laptop everywhere <laughs> we go on vacation. It's just massive. Yeah. So one of these days I need to get a laptop. But 
yeah, I just carry my desktop around with me everywhere. <laughs> hey, there's no shame. I mean, I have a, a MacBook Pro, uh-huh. but it's not the newest one. It's not the latest, greatest. I'm sure there's there's much better systems out there. But I primarily edit on my desktop. That's all I edit yeah, on. And it's, so and if it's I big, if I good can't monitor. edit if I can't take it with me or if it's too big of a project for me to work on with with my MacBook Pro that I have, mm-hmm. I just do it when I get home. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, obviously you're doing it more often than I am, but mm-hmm. don't worry so much about it. It's so hard to edit on a laptop. The screen yes. is so small. It's very small. And something you have to be aware with 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 iMacs is that um they kind of have a blue tint to them. Mm-hmm. And so you have to make sure that you're calibrating your screen so that your color tones are correct. I believe there's um there's a color collabor- calibration thing on your iMac that's like color match. Uh-huh. And you can just switch it to that. And I print out my photos and I'll hold it up to my screen and I'll say like, okay, like this needs like the colors on on point or it's not and so i'll have to change things yeah just be aware of your screen make sure your screen's working for you again Mm -hmm. make sure your equipment is working for you not against you the other thing that i recommend is uh there's a company called spider yes Mm s-p-y-d-e-r they have awesome color calibration tools i use the spider pro on mine so i don't edit on a mac anymore i moved away from it because it just was too expensive for me to continually upgrade with and so i ended up just building a a pc which was very foreign because i've (laughs) been a mac you could totally do that (laughs) i've been a mac guy for probably 10 years and it was kind of a weird thing to be like whoa I haven't been on Windows since like Windows XP or, you know, <laughs> like Windows 7 first gen, you know, that was, that was a, a huge, huge swap for me. Um, but that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad that we kind of got an established feel for who you are. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, your advice. This is like kind of Nicole's adv- advice column. Uh, so one question that I have before we start that, did you, do you go by... Like, is it Coley or is it Cole or like, cause it's just, it's not Nicole Maxfield. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, my business is called Cole Maxfield. And when I was thinking about what I should call myself, yeah. I was like, Nicole Maxfield photography. I was like, that doesn't sound very interesting. So I was like, well, I could do Cole with an apostrophe. <laughs> and my husband's Make like, Make it French and yeah. fancy. <laughs> my husband's like, that is so confusing. Don't do that. So I was like, hey, what about Nikki photography? I was like, no, I sound like I'm five years old. Like, okay, maybe Cole. So I just stuck with Cole. And I had an art business class. And my teacher was looking at the business names that we had chosen. He's like, um, where's the guy who picked Cole Maxfield photography? <laughs> <laughs> and I raised my hand and I was like, that's me. And he said, um, you're a girl. <laughs> I was like, yes, but that's what I like. That's what uh-huh. I'm sticking with. And um, he was so against my business name. But um, eh, what does he know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's so funny because sometimes when they see my business name, they think I am a boy. But no, I'm a girl. It's just trying to make it look different. Gotcha. Uh, so how did you arrive, would you say, at your particular style? You've kind of talked about how you try to shoot in more of an authentic, filmic kind of look. Yeah. What And, and the light and airy and kind of the candid. So what made you gravitate towards that 
over the typical Pinteresty kind of uh, kind of look, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, I I have two uh, photographers when I was going through college that I just loved, and it was Aria Bethard's photography and it was Travis J photography, and they actually became two of my mentors um, through what do you call it? an internship that I had to do for school. And I just loved their style and they both shoot film. And so I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to shoot film too. I just kind mm-hmm. of am like their little hands. I love doing what they do. And yeah. so um, I started shooting film and I took film classes in college and I just love the look of it. It's so classic. And it's a, it's a style that I feel like 10 years down the road, you're going to look at your photos and you're going to say, I still like that those colors. It's I like timeless. how they look. Yeah. It's timeless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's how I arrived to my styles because I loved how classic and timeless it was. And yeah. Well, and I definitely can appreciate that as far as like taking what you learn from uh, an internship and moving it into your own. Mm-hmm. How are you different than them now? Um, well, because I'm not just... familiar with their style, but. I don't know who they are personally. I probably should, but I, I don't. I've never seen their work. So how are you different? Would you say than than they are? Yeah, the thing that's so beautiful about photography is you can have the same model, the same location, and you'll have three artists shooting it. But you'll look at their work and how they saw the model moving or the angle. And it'll all be different. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the beautiful thing about being an artist in this industry is is your work will be you. Like you will you will see things a little bit different or and you'll be moved a different way with how you want to move your model and everything. I just um yeah, it's I've noticed that I need to continually stretch myself as far as my look and my style, but um I'd say that's that's probably the difference is we just we just see things differently in a beautiful yeah. way. I think that's true. When uh, when I teach a like a lighting class and we have models come in, mm-hmm. everybody's that like when we look at just the back of people's cameras, people are shooting the same background, the yes. same model, totally different. That's they get so the totally cool. different different look. So that's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, what are some ways that you challenge yourself? Um, when you're trying to push your creative boundaries, would you say, uh, like with, with a bride or with a couple or a family, what are some ways that you kind of try to branch out or, or, or do something different? Yes. This is like the million dollar question (laughs) that I ask myself constantly. Um, creativity is something that I always want to be better at. Um, and so for me, I, I enjoy drawing and the art side so before a shoot I will make a grid and I'll put like one two three four five I'll have all these different numbers in the boxes and I will create in those boxes how I visualize this family moving or how I visualize like this couple on this rock at this angle like I'll just kind of do a draw board of the session Mm -hmm. And do you, when do you do that? Do you do that way before the session or do yeah. you do it the day of? Or I, I'll do it before um, and, and just kind of like analyze it and, and memorize it a little bit. And then when I go on the shoot, it's not necessarily I always stick to that plan. 
Um, but it got my mind like being more creative and expanding in ways where if I just went to the shoot, I, I could do it, but it's a little bit more creative when I can plan it out a little bit more. Okay, cool. Um, I think there are multiple ways to kind of push your boundaries. For me, it was adding off-camera flash to almost every shoot. Yeah. Um, when I when I can anyway. Sometimes it's not appropriate when when the lighting is perfect outside. Like right now, it's overcast. I probably wouldn't ruin that with off-camera flash. I just love the soft light. But uh, thank you for sharing that. I, yeah. I, I think creativity is really, really a it's an individual journey yes it's hard <laughs> yeah it's, it's a hard <laughs> it is very hard that's the thing i'm like come on brain like think so of something it, different like how if they're cutting the cake how can i do this differently like okay i'll shove the table out i'll shoot from behind so i have the crowd behind them like yeah just keep experimenting and trying new things and expanding yourself i think a lot of us kind of get in a rut sometimes and yeah. we're just kind of like okay well they're cutting the cake this is what we do and this is what I've always done. This is what, yeah. And you just kind of get used to it, right? But kind of have to do something different to keep it, keep it fresh and fun. Yeah. Um, so what do you do to prepare your clients before your shoots? Um, so occasionally I'll, I'll get a client who, um, for engagements, for example, um, I'll send them like a link about like different ways to rock your engagement session. I'll tell them some outfit ideas. I'll tell them like avoid neons. Like yes. don't shoot oh. neons or busy avoid patterns. logos and logos. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and kind of help them, uh, work their outfit decisions with the location. Um, so that the colors match like the greens or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll just kind of, we'll just kind of find a, a location that works with their vision and, and I'll find a, a place that that they feel like they would want to to have their session in. And yeah, I when I get with my client, I tell them, okay, like I'm going to ask you a bunch of crazy weird questions. I'm going to tell you to do a lot of weird things. Like I'll tell my client like, okay, hug your hug your significant other and like jump around like you just won a million dollars like <laughs> i'll make them do absolutely ridiculous stuff. But that's how you have to do it to pull those kind of emotions out of people yeah so i'll i'll make sure i tell them like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna be weird like i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna ask you to do weird right things so that they they're prepared for when i do tell them those things do you do you send them links at all to like outfit choices or or color scheme or anything like that you know, I have actually, one of the things that I've wanted to create is that, is make like a page of like, okay, these are some good ideas. I basically just tell them, if you want a romantic feel, dress romantically, like dress in a long, fully dress, like mm-hmm. maybe get a flower crown or, you know, whatever you want to yeah. do to create your fill, cre- like dress in that way. Because you can't get a romantic fill if you come in like a biker leather jacket and, you know, that's not going to create that romantic feel that you want. So Mm -hmm. dress the way you want your photos to come across. That is so true. And I don't know why I don't say that to my clients more often, but 
That's good advice. I'm I'm learning so much by doing this podcast because I just hear. <laughs> well, I learn a lot from you. So well, I I hear a lot of different ideas from people, and it's just kind of like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal that. That's a cool idea. Totally. It just reminds me of all these sessions where they didn't turn out the way that I wanted or the way that the client wanted because they weren't dressed appropriately. You know, they showed up just after work and. They changed out of whatever the work shirt that they had on and threw on a t-shirt that was clean and, you know, still wearing the same jeans that they've been working in all day. And it's like, well, if that's who you are, then fine. That's great. Like, if you want to be your authentic self and that's what you want photographed, I'm here to do that. And I'm happy to do that. I really want to capture people as they are mm-hmm. um, when they're present and ready to be photographed. That's that's totally. the ideal situation. But at, at the end of the day, if the bride or if the, the mom or the wife or whoever I'm photographing or the girlfriend is unsatisfied with the vibe at the end of the photo session because the picture's in it like, oh, I'm not getting that romantic vibe, that yeah. feel that I really wanted. Yeah. It really can be resolved a lot with kind of how they dress. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want people to act a certain way too i feel like if they're dressed a certain way they'll act that way too so definitely that is a huge huge takeaway everybody if you're listening (laughs) just take that take that to heart because i've had firsthand experience with that and i can't highly recommend it higher you know than i am um how do you find locations that are going to match your client's needs oh man that's always a a really hard thing for me because uh, of where we live I, I don't do a whole lot of in-town shooting. Yeah. Most of the shooting that I do is far away, and it's sometimes remote. And I yeah. always tell my <laughs> I always tell my clients, bring your adventure shoes. That's on my. <laughs> yeah. That's on my. Uh, <laughs> I've ruined so many shoes. Oh yeah. Being a photographer, yeah. I just tell them like, bring your adventure shoes. <laughs> you know, we'll we'll throw your nice shoes in the in a bag or something like that. But yeah. make sure you're in some shoes to like walk up a dirt path, or you know, you may have to climb up some lava rock <laughs> or like something weird because I'm trying to reach a certain location yeah. that is going to be unique to you and uh, make it make it more special and give it a cool feel. Yeah. But for you, how do you do it? Well, create a location log. I mean, whenever you – and become a great hiker. <laughs> That's what I really? say. Yeah. Or a good walker. Like, go on walks. Take – if you have little kids, just take your kid on a walk. Go search for something fun and different. And um, that would fit your, your client's location needs. But, yeah, just go explore. And I often give the advice, like, don't go explore right, bef- right when you get a client and you have a shoot the next day. Like, explore – on your leisure time because it'll be a lot more exciting and more fun for you but then you will stumble across weird things i i swear traveling in the car is not fun for me anymore because i'll just i'm constantly just on a head swivel what's over there what's over there like what Mm -hmm. would that mountain look like over there like i'm constantly looking at oh how would that photograph you know but i think that's like good advice keep your eyes open keep your eyes open you know be aware of your surroundings and see what is a uh a a potential background for a future shoot yes i think that's what makes us as photographers different is because we see the world in in backdrop you know a a backdrop format Mm -hmm. rather than just Oh, there's a backyard, whatever. <laughs> oh, there's a barn or, oh, there's a, an old building. Like, we were like, oh, look at the texture. 
look at the cool color look at the yeah. look at the way that the lines come together here and i could put a person right there and it would yeah. be like this beautiful architecture and yeah oh, I, and going along with light and you brought up barn is make sure you know how light works in your location mm-hmm. like i think it is the coolest thing to photograph inside of a barn it is the coolest thing because you have light diffusing in all these like cracks of the wood and it just illuminates the inside of the barn it looks awesome well in really really old barns yeah um but then like how does light work in an overhang like if i'm on a porch like if you have an overhang, I mean, like you're how far do they stand? Natural and, lighting mm-hmm. in a studio, you would put a black mat above their head, and then, and then you would bring two white things in front of them to bounce light back into them. But guess what? You get that naturally when mm-hmm. you're in an overhang. You have all your setup right there. I mean, the overhang's gonna look awesome with your lighting. So experiment with your lighting, and yeah. Now, we talked a little bit about this earlier, but as far as finding your voice in a in a market that isn't so small, I mean, this is a, a small town camera podcast, but <laughs> you live in Salt Lake City, pretty good sized town, not yeah. really a small town, really. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, there's small town suburbs and it kind of has a small town feel to it, even though it's a large city because it's mm-hmm. so family oriented and everyone's really friendly. How would you say you find your voice as a photographer in a market where there's a lot of other photographers? Yeah. I got the best advice um, when I started out, and my mentor said to me, like, there are clients for everyone. There are clients for everyone. I think we need to get over the fact that there's a lot of photographers. Just get over it. Like, it's... It's not it's, changing. It's, it's not They're growing. Changing. There's, there's just more every day. Yes. And and your your eye and your artistry is different from your neighbor's. And you're going to find clients who gravitate to your, towards your eye, towards your artistry. So believe yourself. I think oftentimes we feel intimidation when we have a lot of photographers and we think, oh my gosh, they have all these photographers to choose from. So this is my analogy. You can be a zebra. I mean, there's lots yeah. of zebras. and But why not be a lion? Why not be a lion and just like just go for it and have courage and and be different and and have a different look and know that your difference is great and that your contribution is great and and roll with that and let like the other intimidations of quantity just go away and and just focus on you growing I remember when I was in college my uh my teacher told me stop competing with um classmates in your class Start looking outside of that. You've got people who are already professionals. Look at how they're running things. Like that is now like your goal. Like look, look out and just grow yourself. How, how, what do you need to work on? Do you need to work on like composition? Yeah, yeah. composition Mm -hmm. and find those things to better yourself. And then you'll be more happy. People will gravitate to that happiness. And you'll be set. I think it's so interesting that you had professors that were preparing you for the life after college because yeah. the the minimal experience I've had with people who've either went to art school or they've went to a through a photography program and a communications you know type degree, none of them really prepared them for the outside world. And when I had interns come through my studio, 
I didn't have too many. I had like five or six come through. None of them, you know, all of them were college students. None of them had been prepared for what it ta- what it takes to run a business, mm-hmm. how to name your business, how to how to run uh, any anything like the simplest form of QuickBooks. I had no idea how to do that or how to start a, a website or any of that because us as photographers. We're in this by ourselves for the most part. I mean, when we have our spouse that's <laughs> can also... Lonely. It can be lonely. Yeah. <laughs> we may have a spouse that's also creative, yeah. like my wife. She's just getting into Super photography. Super fun. So Which I fun. think that's great. I oh, know my it is. It's great. Like, I'm going to play basketball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> well, and that's okay. Everybody has to have their thing. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the couple that I interned with at their studio, the husband was like the... The marketing, creative, uh, both were artists. I mean, they were both very, very smart. Uh, he was a graphic designer, and she was the photographer and the eye and, like, the voice, and he was just kind of like the, the foundation layer for everything else. He'd design That's the cool. website and do all that stuff. And I'm like... Yeah, I'm just me, and I just have me, <laughs> and that's about it. And so, like, yes. website-wise and, like, sounding board, like, I don't really have any of those things. And so I think... Um, it can be really lonely, and you and I have yeah. t- talked about this before too. That you're in this by yourself, and there's really no one out there at the end of the day that you can count on to to create your art besides you. Yes, yeah, you are your show. You're the show. Yeah, <laughs> you're every aspect of the show. <laughs> you're the stage crew. You're all of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that I learned from college is that I learned how to learn, and I learned that I can, I if I put my mind to it, I can buy a book that will teach me how to be better in this area, or I can take this class and it'll teach me how to be better in this area. Um, I think if you're a photographer who didn't major in photography, I say that's totally fine. Like you can take classes, you can follow someone and learn from from their mistakes and their successes. I mean, it's just learning. Yeah. That's what college is. You just learn learning and you can learn outside of that. So yeah, just, I, I always try to have an education fund every year for myself. What can I invest this year to further my education in photography? Do you take uh, classes from people doing workshops or anything like that, of maybe other photographers that you admire? Because in Salt Lake, you guys have a ton of those kind of yeah. high-end workshops that aren't aren't really that expensive, but if you're just starting out, they're probably a little bit out of the budget, you know? Yeah. Do you ever do you ever do those, or do you focus mostly on, like, online education, or do you go to conventions, or how do you do that? Oh, totally. Um one cool line of education that I would suggest to um, anyone who's listening to this is a Creative Live. Yeah. Have you heard of that? Oh, very much, yeah. Oh, my goodness. You get Jasmine Starr on there. You get all these amazing professional photographers who are doing this show live. Well, you have to watch it live, but it's free. Yeah. And I think, oh, my goodness, if you're on a tighter budget – do that. Um, I purchase magazines a lot for education. Like I purchase Kinfolk. I mean, that photography in there is just beautiful. And mm-hmm. it's not necessarily about photography, but the images kind of a lifestyle make me kind of creative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes my mind expand. And and so I'll purchase magazines or I'll listen to Creative Live or I'll go to a, um, one of those stylized shoots or mentor sessions. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
just something that you can do to expand yourself. You know, one thing that I found for me that helps me kind of expand is going to those conventions in Las Vegas for WPPI. Oh, yeah. So that's a blast. You guys, if you've never been, I've only been a few times, but uh, I'd say the the fastest amount of growth I've ever experienced in my photography was because I went to a WPPI and learned from all of those classes. You're in classes from sunup to sundown. And then, of course, if you're into the party scene, you can party all night too and then start it all over the next day it's like a full week and then there's a trade show and you can see all the latest greatest stuff all the lenses you can try them all yeah Uh, there's tons of opportunity for growth and learning there so that's usually the i think it's the first or second week of february uh every year it used to be the mgm grand i think it's now at mandalay bay it's gotten too big we would literally take over the entire mgm grand convention center and it's four floors of of just photography. It's crazy. I mean, so there's cool. 30, 30 to 50,000 people from all over the world mm-hmm. that are just like you and do exactly mm-hmm. what you do. Yeah. So rather than feeling intimidated, like, oh, there's so many people that are probably so much better. It's like, no, we're all here to learn. No, yes. You're on your own journey. And, and just get out of your head. Yeah, get out of your head. So as far as uh, you as a wedding photographer, yeah. let's talk about that for a minute. What do you do beforehand on the on the for your clients that help you prepare for the wedding day? Um, What's your process for kind of getting ready for that wedding day? Yeah, so I'll call my client before their wedding and we'll go through the whole day. And I'll often tell my clients, okay, create a shot list for group shots. Like I want to get the group shots that you want. And I have a certain standard um sequence of how i do group shots if they don't mind like what they get yeah um but oftentimes i'll tell them to create a shot list of groups like i want my mom and my dad and me together and i want my you know or whatever um and then we go over the whole day like what time is your ceremony what time is your reception are you doing cake cake cutting are you doing a bouquet toss you know i'll go through all those little details and we'll solidify exactly their um itinerary um so i am right on board i know exactly what they want and what they need um i'll ask them how they're doing their send-off is it sparklers is it bubbles is it um petals or whatever you know and that determines what kind of lighting you'll need um and then uh let's see what else do i do i for me i i'll clean my equipment make sure it's all nice and clean it's all prepared i'll put everything in there i'll bring bottles of water just in case um it's amazing how how stressful that day is for uh bride and groom as far as like sometimes they don't eat breakfast they won't eat breakfast and because i mean it's such a busy day you have to get this stressful ceremony at a certain time or whatever and so like I'll bring water just in case they're feeling fainty or a granola bar and bobby pins and yeah, you know you you'll have just to get be all your a, equipment ready. <laughs> you're another family member I find like you kind of have to help prepare them and carry them along yeah, help in their them journey. Out if anything is missed. Mm-hmm. Missed, yeah. I find having safety pins in my bag is really <laughs> yeah. helpful. And they're always like, "You have safety pins?" <laughs> one one quick funny story is one of the uh one of the things I carry in my bag all the time just as a general thing is a first aid kit. Uh-huh. 
I have used that first aid kit at weddings so many times. That's a good idea. There's a lot of sharp objects at weddings. There's like <laughs> <laughs> when you're putting on like the boutonniere yes. or like the corsage. Oh my people gosh. Get people get stabbed or people like they're trying to open stuff and they're trying to be fast. And most of the time, like what they're opening and putting on is brand new. And so yeah. they like rip it open and there's cardboard boxes and they cut their hands open. And yeah. I'm like, I did just uh, the other day, I did a wedding and somebody totally sliced their hand and like clear open. They're like, oh no, oh the day's ruined. Gosh. It was like the, the, not the best man. It's the, uh, not the bridesmaid. What's the. Oh, the groom. No, the the who's the top bridesmaid? Oh, the maid of the honor. Maid of honor yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, I had to walk myself through that process real I quick. Did too. <laughs> so she cut her hand open and she was like devastated because she was like, "I'm gonna get blood all over my dress." And I'm oh, like, "Poor girl, never fear. I got a first aid kit. <laughs> I got my first aid kit." So I get out like like some uh, Corlex gauze and like wrapped her whole hand up and everything, and <laughs> it was fine. But they were all at the end of it. They were just like, "That was." that was really weird that you had like a first aid kit ready to go. And I'm like, well, I am an Eagle Scout. So I was, I was prepared. Safety first. Safety first. Yeah. Uh, what's your process as far as like the bride and the groom getting ready for the day? Let's just say we're at the wedding day. We're at the venue. Mm-hmm. You first arrive, you know, we're at that process where she's getting her makeup put on. She's getting her hair done. Uh, she's getting ready to put that dress on. He's getting his tie and his shoes all together. How do you kind of put that together? Because you're, I think yeah. you, based on what I've seen uh, of your work, you're you're kind of like me that way. Where uh, obviously we do things differently, but you tell that story. You know, you kind of help find those details and, yes. and and do those things. And so, what's your process for that? Um, I love, like you said, detail shots. I love taking pictures of. I'll take their earrings. I'll take their necklaces or their boutonnieres, mm-hmm. and I'll put it by a window and photograph that just all the Love little that. details that's great my oh, some of my favorite shots are when the dad sees their daughter for the first time oh my goodness it's it gets me emotional it really is one of the most beautiful moments and i also love um the mom seeing the the bride and or, or the the mom seeing the groom for the first time like that that's such a special moment that um it's beautiful to capture i uh when i get them ready i just would suggest the makeup artist or hair artist to get them ready by a window it just looks a little bit nicer oh yeah as far so as those lighting. like glaring nasty yellow lights that are always right <laughs> yes. there fluorescent yeah lights. Or fluorescent lights and you're like oh makes it tough to photograph that yes. that's for sure <laughs> but yeah i'll just i'll do lots of details get them by the windows and oftentimes i i like it to be authentic so i'll just tell my groom or bride just ignore me just ignore me while you're doing this um and then um oftentimes i'll get their friends in so that they can get pictures with their friends and them helping them get ready is often a sweet uh, memory for them and yeah as far as the groom, do you do you take a lot of pictures of the groom as well? Yes, I do. Um, I shot this really fun wedding in L.A., and the groom's room was like this really long business table, and they're oh. all sitting around it like uh, with their drinks and just chatting and having a good time before their ceremony, and, and so that was really fun to capture, and, and um, they were putting on their jackets. I'll get pictures of them oh, putting yeah. on their jackets, their ties, and... And just getting ready like that, but 
one thing that I like to do is uh, I don't think the groom gets enough detail shots. I agree. Like, I try to steal his watch. Yeah, I'll take his wedding ring. I'll take, like, his cologne. I'll that's take his cufflinks. I'll take his tie, his shoes. Because, like, shoes are really a thing now. Totally. I love shoes. Like, I'm as bad as... My, I probably have as many or more <laughs> shoes than my wife. That's how my husband but, is. <laughs> but I, you know, I work in a professional field, and so I kind of want to have that uh, fun shoe game. You know, like that's yeah. part of that's part of the look. And so, yeah. Um, but yeah, like steal their shoes, get their their tie in there, and like you said, put it by a window or put it like against the like a really cool looking chair or even on the mm-hmm. stairs or something where you can kind of get some some contrast a, a little bit there but I, th- I don't think the guys get enough details um, they're usually like just one page in the wedding book and it's like oh yeah that's me putting my jacket on <laughs> oh yeah that's me in front of the mirror doing that whole cuff link thing like everybody knows what I'm talking about like grabbing yes. the sleeve like putting the cuff link on yeah. we could do more than that we really can there's more story to tell than just the jacket and the cuff link I think I like that I really like that. One cool thing I've also seen is they'll write letters to each other before oh, that's cool. their ceremony and just kind of like a thing they want them to think about as they walk down the aisle. Um, that's a beautiful moment as well that I love. Yeah, and you're kind of creating that atmosphere too and like mm-hmm. just being able to capture that authentic emotion again. Like yeah. we keep coming back to that, but that is so true. Like yeah. that is such a huge part of it. Yeah, um funny. Talk us through your your process for the ceremony. What does it look like the day of? Like after everybody's ready and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to head down to kind of the aisle or, you know, if you're out in front of the temple, maybe just walk us through both because I'm sure. Game time. Yeah, it's game time, right? <laughs> I'm sure everybody will uh, appreciate both viewpoints. Yeah. Um, so you, first of all, know when every pivotal moment is happening, like. Okay, there's going to be exchanging of rings. There's going to be an exchange of the of the father um, to the partner. And, and so um, just know these different moments that are going to happen and where you need to be. If there's a videographer there, be shoulder to shoulder with your videographer. Um, or, and just communicate that with them. Like, wherever you move, I want to move with you. You yeah. know, make it fun um, and easy. And so... And, and maybe give them your gay plan. Like, I like to start right by the, close by the groom, um, so I can get people coming down the aisle. So I'll just kind of, like, prop myself kind of down by the aisle and, and get pictures of mm-hmm. them coming down the aisle. Are you usually, are you usually, uh, like, really low, like, like yeah. where the pews are, like, really, cr- like, kind of hunkered down there? In black and okay. low. Yeah. yeah. I try to, I need to blend in as much as I can, and... You wear this is something that's that I that I learned is you wear black so you don't have co- like colors bounce off of you because light bounces off the mm-hmm. colors um, if you're wearing a bright fluorescent pink outfit and you have a bride that's wearing a white dress your fluorescent pink could bounce off on the light wise mm-hmm. onto their dress so you know be incognito as much as you can don't bring any attention to yourself. Um, get what you need to get done, um, but be out of the way for sure. Um, I like to start, like I said, in the front, and then I like to move in the back and get that beautiful wide shot of all the guests Mm -hmm. and then get reaction of the mom and the dad or the grandparents and 
Um, and at this point, are you shooting probably 7200 or, or what lens are you usually on? Well, you, you have two bodies, so you probably have a, a wide and a long, right? Yeah, so I'll, uh, I'll shoot. I'll, I have a harness. Okay. So yeah. on my harness, I have one camera that has 70 to 200. On my other side, I've got a 35. Yeah. And so I can zoom in. I can get the nice wide angle. You can just kind of mix it around. So, yeah, I'd suggest a harness for if you don't have an assistant then get a harness harness is the way to go yeah it's awesome and your back is saved (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) well that way you don't have to hunk you know carry around that huge hunk of gear on your back all day like that's what i do i I use like a i use a low pro fast pack 350 if anybody cares to look it up um (laughs) it's a really heavy bag it's it's made for traveling it's made for hiking out somewhere yeah it's a backpack and so I got it. It's fine. It works for what I need for right now, but I I don't have a harness. I have two bodies. I have two D750s, and I would probably benefit greatly by having a my long lens and my and my wide lens instead of having to like, well, I'll just make do with what I have on there right now. I keep the second body there as a backup. Like that's my benched camera. That's like if I need to throw him in the game, he's ready to go. Yeah. Well, and it's this. For me, it's been this evolution. Like, I remember my first camera bag, and it was this side satchel. And I put all my lenses in it. And by the end of the day, I'd have a mark yeah. on my shoulder. I my I shoulder used to have bruises. Age. Yeah, I'd get bruises. bruises. Yes. Mm-hmm. it's. I mean, I was not taking care of my body. So then I switched to a backpack, which was so much better than a side satchel. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I used... I use interchangeably my harness and my backpack, I and mean, that's just been better for me as far as. Yeah, I my always thought life. like uh, <laughs> I thought I was really cool because I had a Tenba and like the messenger bag, and I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, I got this cool messenger bag, and they this is what all the so like cool. they do. I'm like, this is what all the cool photojournalists in New York use, and they're they're super heavy duty and sturdy, and they have a waterproof bottom, so you can set them down in the rain, and it doesn't matter. But. I would sacrifice the look and the trendy bag all day for my dorky backpack because (laughs) (laughs) saves your back. I used to just think that like I'd see the guy with the dorky backpack on at the temple or or at the church, and I'd be like, "What a loser! What a what a dork! Look at his backpack!" No, the big throw that backpack on me all day every day. Saved my back. Saved my back. (laughs) Yeah, I hate carrying so much gear because I just have like. I have all my lighting stuff. I have, yeah. you know, like my my bounce stuff. Like I have my reflectors. I have everything in in Your that batteries, bag. Batteries, yeah. My batteries, water, like stuff to maintain me during the day. <sighs> it's a lot to carry. I try to yeah. set it down whenever possible, or bring an assistant, which is sometimes my wife. She's very gracious to carry my stuff. Um, how do you how do you do like the coming out of the church shot and like the ceremony? So, um, or excuse me, not the ceremony, the reception. Yeah. So for, for them coming out, if they're like coming down the aisle or coming out of the temple or whatever church, um, I do, I, I don't shoot any lower than F stop 2.8 on those pivotal moments. Um, you'll still get a great shot of depth of field, but you're going to get your shot. Yeah. You just need to get your shot. Those are pivotal moments you don't want to mess up on. And so, um, for for the for the after party, <laughs> sorry, 
if you can hear my child <laughs> screaming. <laughs> Hashtag real life. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> when you're two, you know, that's... When you're two. That's all, it's all good. Everything is so passionate and intense. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I... It's weddings are fast paced, as you know. I, I think that was the first thing I realized when I shouted my first wedding was, holy cow, Things this happen is in a heartbeat. boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to capture it quickly. And you when you're working with groups, you don't want to take a lot of their time. Their time is precious. And so bust through those group shots as fast as you can. And so um, however you do that and however whatever process you do just make sure it's quick and it's accurate how do you handle kind of the herding cats that i you know that's how i describe it it really is herding cats when you're getting that wedding party together for a group photo what's do you just yell and just kind of get everybody's attention and just direct everyone or how do you normally do that um so i get someone on my side meaning i'll go find the sister or i'll go find the aunt and I'll say, okay, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to get all your family together. Can you make sure that all your family is in the right place? I'll just kind of get built-in assistance yeah. at the wedding. And and they'll be on your side and help you out. And that has been the biggest help for me is to get people on your side. Um, it just helps moving groups a lot faster, a lot easier. Um, and for me, I just want it to be a positive experience. I know that taking photos isn't everyone's favorite party activity, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, if I can make it as pleasant as possible and fun, I'll, I'll make stupid jokes. Like I, I always say the dumbest things when I'll tell Justin, like <laughs> of all my corny things I say, but I just try to make it light and fun and quick. Yeah, I, I try to do that as well. And most people, and I'm sure they say this to you too, but most people after the, the big group photos are done, they're like, oh, thanks, that was so easy. That yeah. was so painless. I think if you get that reaction out of your client's family, you did it right. You did it right. You did yeah. it right. How I do it is I start with the big group. Yes. I start with the huge group. Like all the extra people that are there, like the family and friends and like the cousins and all the stuff that you don't necessarily need like a giant picture of. Let's get all of them photographed right away and then we'll let them go. Boom and done. Yeah. So I let all those people go and then I just kind of whittle it down. I'll go, okay, now we're going to do both big families together. Like everybody's immediate family, their spouses, their children, uh, aunts and uncles, grandma, grandpas. We'll have all of those people there. Boom. Now we're going to get all of the aunts and uncles and the cousins out of there. Now we're mm-hmm. just your immediate family, like siblings and their spouses. Mm-hmm. And then we just do you with your parents. And then we add the other parents in and just kind of like build it up again. And so normally I just have people to stand off to the sidelines. Is that kind of how you do it too? Yes. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. That's, yeah, go big and then go to little and help grandparents sit down. Yes, help help them them. sit down and get them done and taken care of. Get them done and home. Yeah. Little kids done and home. I mean, Mm -hmm. by that time they've been waiting for their parents or... Yeah, they've just been so patient in their little dresses or their yeah. little suits, and they just want to play and be free. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. It's just the way they are, and that's that's totally fine. Yeah, totally. So thanks for kind of walking us through your wedding process. It's yeah. kind of fun for me to hear because I, uh, I was at your wedding, but I didn't actually yes. – I've never seen – you photograph one, so it's uh, it's fun to hear kind of your process. And I've seen you photograph <laughs> t- 
tons of people's <laughs> weddings. Many. I've been Too to many. so many <laughs> weddings that you've photographed. It's so fun. It is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so the bottom of the question that I kind of sent you was one interesting thing. <laughs> interesting thing. About what is me. your What is your one interesting thing that's just new in your life that you're doing <laughs> right now, or or just something you want to share that's not camera related necessarily? Sure. Yeah. So this is so funny but i auditioned for a hip-hop crew in salt lake city and like, i didn't, like dance right dancing okay yeah right. and i didn't think i made it but i totally made it and it has been one of the funnest things ever like i have my first battle coming up in november <laughs> like it is so, so much awesome. fun and it's something that i do for me that's like i don't have to think so much and I can just like exercise and it brings me so much happiness and I get to be around people I think that's the thing for me is when you're a photographer you're lonely like we were saying yeah oh, my favorite part is when you get to associate with your client and mm-hmm. do the photo shoot be interactive with people right yeah, yeah but then when you get home I always tell my husband like can you just sit by me while I edit or can we watch a movie while we edit can be lonely. So my interesting thing that I wanted was I want to be around people and associate in that way. So awesome. Boom crew. Cool. So we're called we're called the boom, boom crew. crew. All right. Yes. <laughs> Are you gonna say like you just got served or something like that? Like <laughs> yeah. at the end of it? Yes. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> Mine is really stupid. Mine is really simple, but I love rediscovering hot chocolate every year because, oh like, gosh, you know, we, love it. we live in a small, you know, part of the world, but it, we have seasons here and it oh, gets cold really fast. One. Yeah, <laughs> it's a long winter. And uh, I think it's always funny to me, like, when it's like, because in the morning it's been like 35 to 40 degrees and there's frost on the grass I've and it's, it's cold. cold. Yeah. It's getting really cold. I mean, it's pretty chilly even today. And uh, it's it's fun for me to kind of like go through the cupboards and be like, do we have any hot chocolate left over? <laughs> and like from last year, because I haven't bought any yet. And so like rediscovering hot chocolate and like making that first cup and like drinking it when it's cold outside and having that like warmth come into your body again, because it's like cold in the morning. Yeah. It's like so, it just reminds me of like the holidays and like family. And Do you put on slippers? Uh, no, I, I, my <laughs> wife is the slipper person in our, our house. She's also the robe person. Yes, I'm neither robes. of those. I'm like, I'm all about, I have too many pairs of like sweatpants and like pajama pants. Like usually when I come home from work, it's like right into t-shirt and pajama pants. Cause I just like Get to just hang out. Yeah. yeah. Hang out and be comfy. So yeah, that's my one cool thing. Have you tried candy cane, the candy cane hot yes. chocolate? The uh huh. It's super good. That's the best. Super good. I'm, but you know, I'm a, I'm a sucker for like just the classic chocolate with marshmallows. That's good. I'm on. just, I'm just all about that kind of stuff. So oh, yeah, basic. I love it. Well, thanks for sharing all of your insights and thoughts. Like yeah. I think we have some serious, really good pieces of information in this episode. I think people take away a lot of good stuff so i really appreciate it as far as uh as far as like your social media and like your website throw it out there so people can find you oh yeah we'll link it in the show notes and everything as well but just throw it out there so people can find it cool yeah so my website is www.cole that's c-o-l-e maxfield m-a-x-f-i-e-l-d photography.com um my instagram is at cole maxfield photo 
Um, and let's see. I, yeah, that's that's about it. it was, website and Instagram mostly. Website is kind of how Instagram. people could find your I work. I have a and, Twitter, but oh, there's yeah. not really anything going on over there. Yeah, I'm not really a big Twitter. <laughs> I, I, I follow a- Twitter. I, I, I read other people's tweets, but. Yeah, that's how I am. I'm not really a, a person that's very active on Twitter. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, for the show, if you want to send in a question or a comment, you're welcome to follow us on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash small town camera podcast, or you can send an email to small town camera podcast at Gmail. Um, as always, I'm your host, John Leesk, and thanks, Nicole. Hey, thank you for having me. Have All a great right. day. See ya. Bye.